Well, good morning, everybody. So glad that you're here with us today. My name is Aaron, and welcome to Rise Church. On behalf of my staff, all of our, uh, our volunteers, my wife, Erica, and all of our family, we're so glad that you're here with us today, especially if you're here with us for the very first time. If you're a guest, uh, man, we're honored that you're here. I always challenge our guests. Uh, the first thing I do is kind of challenge you to come back at least three times. I've noticed that the uh, reason we want you to come back three times, sometimes when you go to a new place or a new spot, especially a new church, sometimes you don't always get what it's like the first time. So my, my encouragement, you come back, check us out at least three times, and uh, hopefully we we are, would be your spiritual family. I also want to welcome everybody watching on Facebook Live, whether in your PJs or you're on vacation. We're so glad that you're with us and you're joining in uh, digitally. Also, if you have Facebook, go ahead and take out your phone and check in. Let people know that you're at church right now. One of the things we found with our family is that it's actually caused some great discussion. They're like, man, we didn't know you go to that church. Or we were like, we wanted to try it. We were nervous. We didn't know anybody. And we're like, oh, we'll go together. And uh, it's really actually helped encourage and connect our community. So go ahead and check in. Let everybody know uh, that you are part of our family. We are continuing a series today called Our Imperfect Family. And the reason we do that is because we felt like, man, God has a lot to say about what it is to be inside of a family. And I don't know if you notice or not, whether you are in a family right now, maybe you're trying to plan to have a family one day, or you come from a family because you did come from some type of a family. Uh, we have all struggled with this thing called family. And, and the word family is even hard for us to deal with. And so we wanted to open up scripture today and just really talk to you like, God, what do you have to say about it? God, what, what, is, what is it that you want us to know about having a great family and really struggling with it inside of this world can be hard and he has something to say. And so in week one, which was about two weeks ago, week one, we talked about how God desires for us to have a perfect family, not in the ways that the world would define perfect, but in the ways that Jesus defined perfect, which is simply this, having a Christ-centered family. And that if you don't have Jesus Christ at the center of your family, you're kind of already starting on a bad foot. And so you need to have him in your heart, but then you also need to have him in your family. And he needs to be the kind of the, the son, I guess you could say, and we are the planet, like your family needs to be circling around the sun, sun as, and then S-O-N, you see how I did that? I'm a preacher. Anyway, and so you need to be circling him because he needs to, he, if we do that, everything else is going to fall in order. And then week two, we talked about how perfect families have perfect priorities. Last week, we talked about there's an order to things in God. Like you and I aren't at, we don't have rights to blessing unless we actually do things the, the blessed way. And so God has a way of doing family. And we talked about God first and family second, church third, and then life fourth, right? And then if we do that, that'll get us right on the step, right, kind of on the right track. And so today we wanted to continue that with really what I would say maybe the number one thing that most families struggle with, and that's communication. It's like, how do I talk to my family? Because let me just tell you something right now. I come from this type of family. Maybe you come from a crazy family background where everybody screamed, or maybe you came from a background where nobody talked to anybody and everybody stuffed it, right? Some point, you and I are going to have to figure out this thing called communication, and God has a lot to say about that. And so before we get started today, uh, I wanted to give us some ground rules real quick. Number one, I'm not speaking as an expert, so if you're a guest with us for the very first time, like, just so you know, I don't speak like that. I'm not the guy who's got it all figured out, but I like to go to the God who has it all figured out, and then we all learn together, right? And so as I put this message together, the whole time I'm going, man, I don't do that. Man, I need to get better at that. Lord, stop convicting me. I don't want to preach about that. You know, that's kind of how we do it. And so I'm learning with you. I'm not an expert. Second thing is, is I'm going to be sensitive as I speak because you might be in here right now. And when I say even the word family, it actually makes you frustrated, makes you upset. Maybe it hurts your feelings. Maybe there's something about that inside of you that needs to be healed. And I want you to know I'm a pastor. And I'm a pastor at heart, and my desire is for you to grow in some way. So if your family situation is not what you had planned, and maybe it's not what you thought it would be, and maybe it's something that maybe it's frustrating to you right now, I believe God has something to say to you today. So before we get started, let's pray. Father, we love you, God. Lord, I thank you that today, Lord, you're going to speak to us in only the way that you can. 
I'm always humbled when I get to come on this platform. I never take this week for granted. I never take this day, this Sunday morning for granted that I could get up and have the huge honor of speaking on your behalf. And Lord, I know every person in here that's sitting right now, God, they're, they're looking for something. They need something right now for their families like I do. And I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would speak to us, that, God, you would change us, you would show us, you would grow us. And then, Lord, maybe whatever I put together on paper, you would just maybe transform, make it real to us in our lives. I should be with us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 I've, uh, I've noticed in my life one of the hardest things that I've had to do is figure out how to raise kids. Anybody else? Can I get an amen? Can I get a witness? Is that what they say like in church? Like, can I get a witness? Like, hey, you know, preach, white boy, or whatever. You know, so, I, so like, like the hardest thing in the world is to raise kids. Can I get an amen? amen. And here's why. It's because they don't know nothing. Right? They just don't know. They're, they're learning from everything that you and I do. I've always told people, like, if you ever want to know what the family's like, look at the kid. Because they are an unfiltered, unfettered version of what your family life is like. And, uh, you know, one of the main things I get talked to regularly on, on a regular basis with my kids is about their words. Because when you speak, we have almost unconsciously talked ourselves into that our words don't matter because we say whatever comes out of our mouth sometimes. Isn't that true? And so, like, one time, like, when I'm sitting with my boys and I was talking with them and, and, and they, uh, 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 one of my boys came up to me. He said, Dad, I said, how was your day at school? He said, I learned a, a nursery rhyme or a school rhyme today. And it said this. He said, I said, well, what was it? And he goes, sticks and stones may break my bones. But come on, y'all know this one because this is the most famous. Y'all finish it for me. But what? Words will never hurt me. And I looked. He goes, he goes, Dad, that's a funny statement. And I said, yeah, that is funny. And he goes, well, why do you think it's funny, Dad? And I said, because that's a lie. Is there never, has there ever been more of a, a fairy tale nursery rhyme lie than that statement? Because so much of what we deal with in our lives, so much of what you deal with in your life come from something that was said to you, about you, or you know, something that had something to do with you. And that all of a sudden jumped into your spirit and now you all messed up. And uh, the other day, my, my kids came home, and they, they were, they, I, we were sitting around the table, and I, I, uh, Pastor Jason spoke a great message uh, several weeks back about just really creating these intentional times. So we're sitting around the table, and I'm, you know, I'm listening to Pastor Jason. I'm seeing, man, he's our executive pastor. I'm like, this is, man, I got to take this to heart. I want to get, so we get around the table, we start talking. You got to be careful when you start talking to your kids, because then they start talking back, and it's like, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm ready for this. And so they... They, they, they brought up this thing where they were learning a thing called idioms. Y'all know what an idiom is? An idiom, an idiom is, is a, uh, and I'm going to read you the definition from Google, and it was this. It's a common word or phrase which means something different from its literal meaning. And so every culture has an idiom. So it's a common, you know, phrase. And so what they did was they said, they, they said, we were learning about idioms, Dad, and we realized you speak, you say a lot of idioms. And I'm like... What does that what does that mean? And they said, um, they said, well, we'll give you an I said, give me an example of an idiom. They said, well, you, you always tell us, Dad, you're driving me up the wall. And I was like, is that an idiom? I'm like, I didn't, you know, I'm like, how did I get through? How did I get through school? You know, I'm like, I went to college. I don't remember learning any of this. And they're like, no, that's an idiom because, Daddy, we weren't really you weren't really we weren't really driving you up the wall. But you were what you were saying was, is that you were we were stressing you out. Right. And so they were like, they were like, well, you drive. I said, give me another one. They said, well, they said, when you're mad at someone, you say, I gave him the cold. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have fun in church today. He goes, I said, <laughs> I said, so, so I said, here's another one. He said, uh, when you, he, he goes, well, you, you led me on a wild goose chase. Yeah. I said, oh, that's good. He goes, oh, here's another one. He said, oh, when we're talking too much about something, you're beating a dead 
horse. Okay. I was like, this is good. I'm like, just keep going, son. So we started had like idioms. And he said, uh, uh, oh, it's, when it costs too much money, it's going to cost me a arm and a, and a leg. And I go, yeah, that's what you guys cost me. And so, uh, and, and so we got all the way down to the thing. And they, they said, Dad, one of the ones that confused us, and they got to the end. And he said, it, um, we looked outside, and the weather was really bad. And you said it was raining two, two animals, two animals. Remember, it was raining what? Cats and dogs. And they said, man, when you said it was raining cats and dogs, we wanted to run outside and get one. <laughs> you know, because they, they want a pet. And they're like, don't understand why we can't have pets right now. And I'm like, well, there's five of you. You really are our pets. And so <laughs> when y'all get older, we'll have pets. But, um, but I realized as I was talking to my kids that, like, I got to be careful, right? Like, I got to be careful with what I say, man. My words are important. And, and like, I got to be, I've noticed that, like, in counseling families and talking to husbands and, and, and walking through just different issues with marriage, that words are so important. In fact, I found this principle that healthy families communicate healthy. Now, I know that sounds groundbreaking. Like, this is deep thoughts with Pastor Aaron this morning, right? Like, if y'all looking for, like, the deep deepness of, like, super theology, I'm not that smart. So, like, this right here, I, I talked to someone the other day. They're like, man, we, you know, we just need to, we need to get people the Greek words and try to walk them through things and make sure they go deep. I'm like, you know what? When people are drowning, they don't need the Greek word for life raft. They just need the life raft. And I've noticed that most people can't do this. So let's not go deep yet. Let's stay shallow for a moment, okay? Before we throw each other in the deep end, let's make sure we can swim. Because at the end of the day, I've just noticed healthy families communicate healthy. You have to ask yourself, do you do that? Because if, if your family is not healthy, and if your family is dysfunctional, if your family is not what you want it to be, if your family is, is, is often a result of how we communicate, healthy families equal healthy communication. And the opposite is true. If you're an unhealthy family... Odds are, statistics will say, you are unhealthy, and you communicate an unhealthy way. And so I, I realized that, that and, then, and then what's even worse is that I think there's a little bit of a, a, of a lie uh, of healthy communication, and I, just in, in how I process with people as I talk to them, a lot of times we'll excuse ourselves because we'll say this. This is the lie of healthy, of healthy communication. This is a, an interesting way to look at it. But this is the lie of healthy communication. Poop, press the button. Push it. Go. To, there you go. It's a, wait. No, you've got to go back because that's not where we're at. So I'll just tell you the lie of healthy communication. Here's the lie of healthy communication is that it's a gift. So I'll talk to people and they'll be like, oh, well, I can't, be, I can't communicate healthy. It's a gift. I don't have, and when you say it's a gift, you go, well, I don't have that gift. So it excuses you from doing it. Have you ever talked to somebody like that? And they're like, well, that's just not my gift. You don't know where I come from. I'm just, I'm just, it just is what it is. Dad, you know, screamed. And so I screamed. And so he didn't have that gift. So therefore I don't have that gift. So therefore I can't really communicate well. And the truth is, that, that, and that, that's a lie. The truth is healthy communication is not a gift. It's a skill. It's something that you have to develop. So if you see a good family or a great marriage or a guy who communicates or a lady who communicates well or communicates healthy, they had to learn that. And not only that, they had to, they had to like learn it. They had to study it. They had to develop it. They had to figure it all out. And what's funny about all that is, is if you don't know that it's not a gift and you don't know that it's, not, that it's a skill, you'll never work on it. And so we need to, like, on a daily basis, work on it. Now, why do we need to work on it? Well, because words are powerful. We just talked about that. 
Like words are extremely powerful. Last week we picked up, uh, we, we were in this, uh, the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6. 5, 6, and 7 are really what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is speaking and preaching the greatest sermon ever. And so he's on the top of a mountain and he talks and he's preaching about great things. He's starting his family, he walks down the mountain. And, and the Bible picks up uh, in Matthew uh, where, where he meets this soldier, a centurion soldier. He wasn't even really a, uh, a believer. They, they, we even know it was, a, it was a pagan man who in Matthew chapter 8, gets to this pagan man and his, his, he's got a family member who's sick, someone who's like messed up in his life. And he understood so much. This is a non-Christian man, understood so much the value of words. The, 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 the book of Matthew records it in Matthew chapter 8. And it says this, the centurion replied. So, 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 so what happens is the setup of it is he asked Jesus to heal his daughter. And Jesus says, I'm amazing. Absolutely. I am willing and I am able. I want to heal your daughter. Let's go see her. And this is what the centurion soldier said. I love it. He says, Lord, I, I did not deserve to have you come under my roof. You don't even need to come. I understand how powerful you are. And I understand how powerful words are. So he said, just say the word. Everybody say word. He said, just say it. I'm, I'm with you. I get it. And my servant will be healed. He's like, I got somebody who's sick. In my life, and they're going to be healed if you just say it. Words are powerful. Everybody say that. Everybody say, words are powerful. Yeah, they're powerful. They have, they have power. They have life. In fact, another part of Scripture inside Proverbs chapter 18, it says this is, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. He's not talking about your literal tongue. He's talking about what you say, that you have death and life literally wrapped up in your mouth. That there is some power in what you say. There's some power in how you say it. There's some power in the things that come out of your mouth. So we can't act like it's no big deal. Yes. Like there's, there's, there's something about it. In fact, in Genesis, the beginning of the book, the beginning of the Bible, the beginning of our time, Jesus or God is, is sitting around and he's like, I'm going to start this thing called life. And the Bible doesn't describe that God had to get up and then start working and using his hands and started building things. And let me do all this stuff together. The Bible literally says he spoke life into existence, that there's power in words. And you and I, if we understand this, you'll realize that you speak just like God spoke the world into existence, you speak your world into existence. Amen. And we have to know that. Yes. So something inside of us sometimes that like devalues this idea of words because the enemy always attacks the thing that he wants to, that God wants to build up in your life, wants you to value in your life. So he wants to devalue the thing God values so that you go down the drain yes. and you don't get to your purpose. But words... Extremely powerful. The second thing that words are, words are very directional. I love this scripture that Paul's talking to the Corinthian church. He writes a letter, and the, and the letter's called 1 Corinthians, and he says this about words. He says, or take ships for an example. He's on a, he's on a soapbox about words and about speaking. He's, he's, he's preaching right now, and he gets on this tangent about words because I think he feels like the church is not listening to him. He goes, let me make it clear. Let me just be clear about this. Let me give you an example. He said, although there are 
so large and driven by strong winds. There's a lot of forces that are doing things. There's a lot of circumstances going around when it comes to ships. They are really steered by a very small rudder. Like there's this one thing that allows them to go certain areas. He goes wherever the pilot wants to go. There's this rudder, right? There's this wherever this pilot wants to go. And he he goes on to be so clear inside of his scripture. Like there is something in your words. He's talking about words here. If you go back and look at the context, He's talking about words that we we need to know that something very small that kind of goes unnoticed sometimes that we don't really think about a lot actually controls where we go. Because sometimes when we, 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 we our mouths are fairly small, depending on who you are, our mouths are very small. They're not the biggest parts of our body. They're fairly unnoticed at times, but at at at. What we don't know and what he's trying to correlate to us, just like ships, what we say is typically where we go. In fact, a great way to say it is as we talk, so we walk. Like as we talk, so we walk. It's like driving a car. I've noticed that the steering wheel on a car is fairly small. It's not the biggest part of the car, right? So you're like, I've never driven a ship. What are we talking about ships for? You drive a car. And I've noticed this, you have the gas pedal, you got a whole lot of things working in this car, but wherever you turn that wheel, that's where you're going. And God's speaking to us saying, where you, where you speak, how you speak controls where you go. The third thing about words is this, is that words are accountable. That words are accountable. So they're powerful. They're also directional, but they're accountable. Matthew chapter 12 has this moment where Jesus speaks about our words. He says, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will come and give an account for every careless word that they speak. I noticed in that scripture, he doesn't say for every good deed you did. Every bad deed you did. He said, here's how I'm judging you. There's going to be some words that are coming out of your mouth. And I'm going to look at that. We're going to go back and we're going to hit the DVR. We're going to go and check it out. And we're just going to go back through your life and see, how did you speak? That should convict you. Not condemn you. I did not say condemn. Convict. Conviction is a, man, a realization from the Holy Spirit going like, "Uh uh-oh. You mean, you mean I got to pay up for this? You mean I can't just say whatever I want to say? You mean I can't just scream at my... My, my, my neighbor, when his music is too loud and just say whatever I want to say about him and his mama, right? Like, you're, what, what you're saying is, is I can't drive on traffic and scream out the window and act a fool, right? He, he, geez, yeah, yeah, he's saying you're accountable. And it sounds heavy because it should. My, my son Titus came up to me. He loves to spend my money. Anybody have a kid that loves to spend your money? <laughs> loves to spend my money. He walks up to me. And he's like, Dad. This video game I want to buy. I go, you got any money? You want? You got any money? He goes, no, I ain't got no money. I'm a kid, Dad. I go, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, how are we going to buy the money? He goes, you buy. You got money. Hey, you got money. I go, yeah, I got money. I go, but I don't have it in the budget. He doesn't even know what budget is. Some of y'all don't know what budget is. So, like, he, he's, like, in the budget, which means, therefore, I don't, if I don't have the money, if, like, if I didn't earn it, I didn't spend it. I know that's, like, a revolutionary idea for some people. And my son's like, that's confusing, Dad. Don't you have a credit card? I said, yeah, but I got to pay it back. It's still money. I'm accountable to the things that I spend, right? So I don't spend money in a way that it's just forever because I know that one day I got to pay it back. 
I act like I got to pay it back because I should because I do got to pay it back. Your my, your words are no different. You and I should walk around in this life like we got to know that one day we got to pay it back. We're accountable for this. Lord's going to look at us and go, what'd you spend your, your words on? Where, where'd you spend your words on? How'd you speak? Did you represent me or did you represent you? Like you just give, just give it to me. Just let me know because you're accountable. Let's go through it. So in the time, if, if, if words, if words are that important, then I wanted to talk about today, just in the time we have left, just how do we have perfect communication? Okay, God-centered, Christ-centered per- per- communication. So when we say perfect in the series, we're talking about Christ-centered, right? How do we have Christ-centered communication inside of our families? I, this is not the exhaustive list, but I thought I'd maybe pick out two major ones that I see and Pastor Jason and I see on a regular basis. Just like, hey, if we could just figure out a couple of these, this is a good start. Everybody say start. start. We can just start this with our families. I think we can, we can get there and maybe have a better healthy line of communication for our families. So the first one is this. How do, how do we have perfect communication? The first one is this. Uh, we practice safe and open sharing. It's incredible to me how many families create a very, very guarded and a very secretive life just by not providing this type of world for their families. If nothing else, we should provide safe and communication for our spouses and for our kids, for us to talk openly and share openly, simply because we reflect Christ, simply because we reflect, we reflect God. I'll, I'll give you a scripture about what God, how God thinks about this stuff, and this is, this is incredibly important. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a book in the Bible in the Old Testament, it's called Nahum, and it says, this is, the Lord is good. Everybody say good. good. Side note, I'm not even, this isn't even in my notes. You need to know that. Let that sink in. The Lord is good. You've been hearing your whole life that the God's mad at you, that God's mean, that God's bad. God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. He doesn't have to try to be good. It's who he is. He's good. And a good God, a good father cares for his kids. He cares for you. He's good. He goes on to say, a refuge. Ever say refuge. refuge? This is important. A refuge in times of trouble. So when something comes up in your life and your family and you have to have a sharing moment, let's reflect God. The, the Hebrew word there for refuge is, is, is maoz. It's, 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 it's interesting. It's a, it's a, it's a unique word that, that interprets and, and literally means this, a place or a means of safety and protection. That our God is good and he creates a place of safety and protection. So if your family goes out of, if your kids come up to you, if your spouse comes up to you and goes out of their way to share something with you, you have to be so careful how you communicate in that situation. Because it determines on whether or not it's a safe, is this really a refuge? Or am I going to have to guard myself from the people I shouldn't have to? We got to be a refuge, a place of safety. A place of protection. A place like, man, you can bring me anything. My son Judah is five. He went to school. It's always at school, right? He went to school, comes back, and he goes, Dad, what does this mean, this word mean? And it was a vulgar word. How many of y'all have ever had that conversation with your kids, right? Or you just heard them speaking it, and they didn't even know what it meant. I'm like, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, time out, time out. Well, what'd you say? And he was like, and you can tell how I responded and reacted to that. He was like, And, and I responded not well, 
right? Can, can we be honest? Like, I'm a pastor, so, like, people think, like, pastors got it all worked out. We're the most messed up, y'all. And so, like, so, you know, I had, to, I had to, like, become a pastor to be a Christian. Think about that. You know, it's like, I had to make it my profession. So, anyway, um, so, like, I'm like, I, I'm like, what are you? And he's like, <gasps> now, let me ask you a question. Do you think he'd want to share any other words like that with daddy any other time? No. So, mom, of course, she heard me. Hold on, baby. What, what'd you say? What, what'd you say? What, what'd, you, what, what'd you say? What'd you say? And, you know, I'm, I'm like, Mike. I'm in the corner, like, like dry heaving, like, oh. Where'd he learn that? He's going to say it at church. People are going to judge the pastor even more than they do. And, and she's like, baby, baby, come on. What did, what did you learn? You see what I'm saying? You see the difference? You see, she, she, she had this moment with, because safety is determined on how we respond. Safety is determined on how we respond. So you can't say you're a house of refuge when every time something happens with your kid, they come up and tell you, and they go out of their way to be vulnerable with you, and then you scream, and then you yell, and then you let them know it, and you make them pay. And then they never share anything with you, and you're like, why don't you be open with me, son? Because he's like, every time you, I said something to you, every time I failed, every time I talked to you, you made sure that I paid for it. Why would I ever do that? You're not a refuge. You're a prison. So how we speak, how does safety determine first is how we speak. It's not, it's that same old statement. Well, it's not what you said. It's come on, y'all know it. It's how you said it. Yeah, it's how you said it. It's like I had this moment where I did not react, I did not respond. I reacted and I got angry and I freaked out. And I'm just telling you, it creates a secretive world. And I've just noticed this is nothing good grows in the dark. Just doesn't. It just doesn't. Nothing good grows in the dark. So if you want a family that grows in the dark, you're going to produce some things that are pretty crazy. If your spouse goes out of their way to share something with you, please respond well. Hey, I, I just wanted to share this with you. This has hurt my, hurt my heart. Don't say stuff like, uh, well, that doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal. Get over it. All you're doing is saying, don't share that with me. Uh, don't, you're not, all they're hearing is you're not safe. You're not safe. If your kids come up to you, just so you know, like my life's goal is to make sure that my kids don't learn anything from their friends, society, and culture that they don't need to, right? They're going to. I'm just like, I'm trying to make it even. But the only way that I do that is so that I can share. So I got to be the opposite version of what I did with my son Judah. And that doesn't come naturally to me because when it comes naturally to me is what you saw. What are you saying? So, like, we got to work on, on, how, on how we say things. The second thing is this is what we say. So it's not just how we say it. It's what we say. Are your words, this is a question you need to ask yourself, are your words encouraging or discouraging inside of your family? And it, the only, here's the best way to find out. Ask your wife. Ask your husband. Ask your kids. You can't determine that, by the way, because you think you're amazing. <laughs> and you are amazing, but you're not. <laughs> right? None of us are. So, like, ask the person who has to live with you on a regular basis how your words are. Are they encouraging or are they discouraging? Encouraging words, just so you know, are life-giving. Everybody say life-giving. Life. They're life-giving. They give. Here's what, encur- here's what life-giving, the definition of a life-giving word. They give life. They don't take it. They give life. They, 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 they do things. They encourage. They, they do. So there's some stuff. There's some, like, no-no words in our, in our house, right? And so my kids have gotten used to, you know who they, 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 uh, they police the most? Dad. And so they, they, you know, so I'll say, like, sometimes, like, I'll get into it. Can I have a vulnerable moment? Is this, can we have a vulnerable moment? My twins are in the front. They know. And so, like, uh, they're like, so, like, we'll be playing a basketball game, okay? Like, we have, like, this 
uh, like uh, arcade shooting game in our house. And so like we're playing and I'm like beating them by like a, a thousand. And like, you know, I'm supposed to be the dad that like backs off, you know what I mean? Like you can win, son. I'm not that dad. So like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Gets to the end, it's like beep. And my kid looks at me and like, man. And I'm like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so like, can I just, it's be, I just want to be real. Come on, like y'all do that too. So anyway, so like, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, and, and my, so my 11 year old's like, whatever. I'm like, that's right. Yeah, yeah, punk. And then, and so we can't say punk. Right, that's one of the things, cause like, and I'll just say it kind of regular, like, bad. It's not a good thing. So like, I'm just giving you this like, confessions of a pastor. I need to do a whole series on that. Like, here's what not to do. And so like, yeah. And so and so and then and but they know like we can't say that word. So you know what they say? Mom. <laughs> and mom already heard it, cause moms can hear everything. They're like owls. They just they heard stuff. And so she's like, Aaron, what are you doing? Be a man of God. And she goes off and does her own, th you know. So I get in trouble, right, in our house. Well, so there's some no-no words, right? Why? Because they're not life-giving. So let's be life-giving with our words. Let's be life-giving. I just, I feel like maybe I lost y'all on that. All right, number, no, number two. Uh, you're like, I can't come back to this church, pastors. Anyway, all right, so pra second, they practice healthy conflict resolution. All families have conflict. That the, the, the litmus test of whether or not you're healthy is not whether or not you have conflict. All families have conflict because you are a person. And if you don't have conflict, I would go to say there's probably something wrong. You're hiding a lot. You're stuffing a lot. And eventually it's going to come out and then it's going to be all kinds of bad. So, so it's not that like whether or not you have, it's, but it's how you handle your conflict, right? So uh, an example of unhealthy conflict that I've seen is like avoiding. How many of all the avoiders? Come on, can we all be, I'm an avoider. Raise your hand if you're an avoider like me. You're like, something goes wrong and you're like, never mind. And you go find the hole that you like to be in or you drive off or you just say, I'm out and you slam the door. Anybody else slam the door? Your door would tell you if you slam the door, you just look at it, it's like broken off the hinge. <laughs> Avoiding the silent treatment. Hey, babe, I want to talk to you. <laughs> guilt trips. Hey, me, I do the guilt trip. Anybody do the guilt trip on accident? Like, just be honest. Anybody in here? Like, you like? It's not a. I don't do it seriously. It's just. It's just. Uh, it's like an accident. Where you like? You try to tell them something, to make them do something else. You're guilting them into something. That's unhealthy conflict resolution, or violent words or actions, you know, violent saying something ugly or mean. It's all forms of manipulation, by the way. You don't really love someone when you do that. You're trying to manipulate them, and manipulation is never a form of love. That's why God doesn't force you to love him. You have to make that decision on your own. That's right. It's all form of manipulation. The Bible is clear in how we respond to conflict. Romans chapter 12, and I'm wrapping up. It is pos if it's possible, as far as it is for you, it's like, I like, I like. If it far it is, depends on you. Whatever you can do, all that you can do, live at peace. Everybody say peace. Live at peace with everyone. Like, you have a part to play in all of your conflict. And you're not going to get to control the other person and what they say and how they say and what they say to you. But let me just tell you, you can control your mouth. That's right. You, you got something. This is some people you need to put a little something on your mouth. Like, stop. And, and there's something that, that I've seen in great healthy families when it comes to conflict resolution. A uh, few, few thoughts on that real quick as we wrap up. The first one is this, thoughts on healthy conflict resolution. Uh, number one, they, they deal with conflicts daily and completely. The goal here is to keep the issue from growing over time. 
That if you have conflict, deal with it completely and, and, just, and, and, and daily on a regular basis. Like, we're not going to bring this up again. And then guess what, you guys, we need to do? Guess what we need to do? Not bring it up again. Don't be that person that says, you, you, do you remember when? And then you did this. And then you did this. And you're like, you keep a list? Bible says keep short accounts. Keep short accounts. Number two is this. Deal with conflicts positively. The goal there is to be uplifting, right? And, and, to, and to be positive regardless of the situation. Go back to encouraging words. Be life-giving in your words. When you speak to someone about a conflict in your life, I'm just telling you, we need to speak up. Don't assign motive. Don't give them the benefit of the doubt. Hey, I don't even, you make sure you're like, ah, I love you and I want everything to work out. So like, I'm not trying to win. I'm trying to, to, to be positive. And the third one is this, is deal with conflict humbly. The goal here is to redeem the relationship, not win the argument. To redeem the relationship, not win the argument. To redeem the relationship, not win the argument. If you and I can stay humble, and here's how we do that. We ask questions when we enter into conflict. The best thing I could say about conflict resolution is if you walk into a situation where you have an issue with someone, ask them a question. Start off with questions. Hey, I, could you help me with this? Hey, I don't think I see this clearly. Hey, there's something wrong here, and I know it makes me feel right, but I could be off. I'm just telling you, when you start like that, it makes people go, man. But if you walk up to someone and be like, I know you meant to did this, and when you did this, and I did and all you're doing is just punching them with your words. Just punching them. And when you punch someone, guess what most people do? They either defend or they punch back. And so sometimes we're in unhealthy conflict simply because we approached it wrong. Why? Because these things called words are important. I'm going to close with this thought. I know some of you have grown up in lifestyles or in churches even or in families where, where you felt like words did not matter. But words do matter. I, I want you to just take a poll, okay? So we're just going to sit right now. Ask yourself this. How do I feel right now? How do I feel right now? How do I feel right now? Just close your eyes. Let's, just all, let's all just close our eyes right now. Just close our eyes. Just close our eyes. Just focus on, on I'm going to ask you right now, just do one thing. Focus on you right now. I'm going to read you some things. I want you to focus. How do I feel? What's the stress that I feel? How do I feel about myself? How, what's my worth? What's my value? I want to read you a few things about what God feels about you. We're just going to, we're going to, we're going to do a little experiment and see what words are. You need to know this. This is how God feels about you. You are a child of God. You are a branch of the true vine. You are a friend of Jesus. You are justified. You are redeemed. You are no longer a slave. Come on, keep, come on, keep your eyes closed. I want you to think about this. You are not condemned. You are set free from the law. You are accepted. You are called. You are righteous. You are sanctified. You are redeemed. Come on, I need you to hear this. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are joined to God. You are a new creation. You are blessed. You are blameless. You are chosen. You are holy. Come on, I need you to hear this. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are cherished. Come on, do you start to feel how you really are right now? You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are made alive. You are seated with Christ. You are God's craftsmanship. You are not a mistake. You are part of the body. You are in the light. You're not in the dark. Come on, I want you to start hearing this and feel this. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a child and not a servant. Now open your eyes. Words are powerful. That's what God says about you. It doesn't even matter what you say about you. 
He has more authority. Last time I checked, he was God and you weren't. And that should sit inside of our hearts to know words are powerful. If words can change our disposition in a minute and 30 seconds, come on. How much can it change it in our life? And that's my prayer for you today. Be careful with your words. Or as my friends like to say, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth.